We welcome Gender Trash to the stage of the Phoenix Theater. This is a band that describes themselves as gender non-conforming feminist folk punk that promotes nihilistic optimism. Tonight, we'll learn about who these folks are, what drives them, and later, they'll play a set of music. Please welcome to the program, Gender Trash. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having us. It's so good to be here. I am I'm, thrilled. I love this place. C- can I ask what nihilistic optimism is? That is a good question. <laughs> I don't believe that I coined that phrase. <laughs> that would be my fault. <laughs> um, I don't know. You can look at nihilism as being generally kind of pessimistic, like whatever we do, it doesn't matter because the world's going to end or it's all just going to go to shit. Um, at the same time, you can kind of, um, I don't know, look at it as a... Uh, you know, a way to promote being more optimistic to being, you know, um, there's plenty of garbage, um, but that doesn't have to be a bad thing. Well, that was a very good basic foundational question. (laughs) (laughs) Truly, truly it was. And I, I would like to follow it with another basic foundational question, which I would be thrilled if we could stretch out for the duration of like five hours. That question is, of course, why is gender trash? Why is gender trash? Well, I personally don't think that gender is actually trash. (laughs) I suppose the question should have been, do you think that gender is trash? (laughs) Um, My gender is certainly trash. Um, And, you know, gender is also trash in that it's like... um, it's reusable. You can throw it away. I'm being way too abstract here. Um, I kind of want to get down and dirty to the literal, like, origins of the name of the band. I would love cool. to. I would. I would love to. And and the only thing that I would say is I think that there would be a number of people listening to this who have no concept or matching definition with you all about what gender is. I think that we train people in our society to look at gender in a certain way. And I have a feeling that the three of you look at it in a much, much different way. Uh, Absolutely. I mean, gender is sort of ingrained from the very beginning. You know, I think um, it's still pretty standard practice to have gender reveal parties when somebody's pregnant. You know, the first question a lot of people ask is, you know, when they find out that you're expecting, it's like, oh, what are you, what are you having? And it's like, well, I'm having a human, but you know, a lot of people mean, oh, are you having a boy or a girl? And it's like, you know, how does that even pertain to what the personality and the expectations of this child, um, you know, how does that really define, um, as opposed to any of the other attributes, you know, the millions of other attributes that this child is going to be born with. And, you know, I think that expectation just sort of follows us through our entire lives. Um, it's how we define a lot of people when we first meet them. You know, we instantly start putting people into boxes, So, you know, um, I know at least for myself, you know, trying to spend more time introducing myself and spend less time trying to define other people. And so that's one of the boxes that I try to just do away with. Um, I mean, I 
personally identify as female and um, prefer she, her pronouns, though I'm fine with they or them as well. Um, and, you know, that has its own kind of meaning and definition to me, but I try not to uh, ascribe that to other people and define, you know, oh, I perceive you as male, and so therefore you like this, 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 and this. You know, I think most people's tastes and personality traits fall on this huge spectrum and that their gender, um, whether it conforms with how they were assigned at birth or whether it doesn't, um, doesn't play into too many of those traits. Well said. Yeah, great. <laughs> I've never done this before. Kidding. <laughs> I, I really like what you said about not making an assessment or a judgment from across the room, because I feel like that is kind of at the core of this different way of looking at this issue than society teaches us. I think that we're taught that it's acceptable to look at someone across the room and be like, and excuse me if this is if this is inappropriate, but people do it all the time. Is that a he or a she? You know, and then starting to like talk and gossip and speculate. I mean, I think like it in terms of like gender issues one oh one, that's like a big no no. But that is not something that we are taught when we're children. Would you agree with that? Well, uh I learned that actually it's like one of the first things that our brain subconsciously tries to decipher is gender, whether or not we're like thinking about it. And I don't know why that is, but socially ingrained is definitely a big factor um, in that. Um, yeah. I feel like we have an opportunity to socially ingrain different constructs, <laughs> like with this conversation right now. Um, I feel like conversations like this were pretty non-existent um, in the recent past, and I feel like uh, we're setting the groundwork for multiple generations to come to what uh what uh gender even means or if it'll even mean anything anymore what does it mean you know i'm it, we're as i was listening to ariel it, uh, actually no when you had asked uh it, it was it, it we are born with it ingrained in us but i think that's almost a prehistoric ingraining uh, there was a time when you were born and you were pretty much going to be assigned what you were going to do as a member of the tribe or the family or whatever it was based on what gender they perceived you to be. So this is probably thousands and thousands of years of us working through that. We're now in a brave new world and we can... And which gender trash can exist. <laughs> yeah, which gender trash can exist. And because we can finally think about it uh, openly, we get to... Decide how we want to, what, is it assign ourselves or decide for ourselves? Well, I think, you know, um, I mean, for myself, I had a very good concept of my gender um, from, I would say, the time that I was five or six. It just happened not to conform with the gender that I was assigned at birth. Um, but, you know, I certainly had no, no doubt about, you know, how I perceived myself um, I just unfortunately spent a few decades hiding it, um, you know, based on a necessity in the era that I grew up in. Yeah, I don't think history um, had caught up with you at that point. <laughs> I don't think so. But, um, you know, I think now we're, we're in an era where not only, you know, at least in particular pockets and bubbles, um, you can start, you know, coming out and defining it for yourself, but you can also explore it. So, I mean, I have a lot of friends, um, 
of all ages who are much more fluid or, of course, non-binary where, you know, either they kind of move back and forth between, you know, sort of a social norm of what male and female is. And, um, you know, they might spend a year presenting more masculine and then they might spend a few months presenting more feminine and go back and forth. Um, or, you know, they might not really feel comfortable with either. And so then you have, um, you know, the, you know, someone who's non-binary and, um, cause neither construct really fits them and they're really just sort of, uh, you know, neutral to it. Which can be uh, confusing to people who have looked at it one way their entire life. You know, we have guests on this show who sometimes say in advance, you know, my, my pronouns are they, them. And in the beginning, that was uh, that was something new, like a new concept. And um, I think the way you just worded it is like a really good way to, to explain that. I mean, like it really depends on the person and how, how they identify. Um, I don't even really like to uh, describe non-binary like define it as a term because it encompasses so many people in the world. Um, just like it makes me uncomfortable to try to define gender as a term. It's I define gender as a, a way of self-expression and a, it's like a combination of these things between like self-expression and our relationship with our bodies, other people and how they perceive us and then also our relationship with how other people perceive us in our bodies. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And I, I also just want to say that I appreciate the willingness to have a conversation like this because I think that when we become aware that there are more than <laughs> more than just male and female when when there is this whole non-binary way of looking at things um, everybody is coming at it from different levels of education and some people are, are, are nervous. Some people don't know what to say. Some people say things the wrong way. So anyway, conversations like this are very useful, and I, I really appreciate it. Oh, absolutely. Actually, but you guys put it right out there, gender trash. Are, <laughs> uh, when you step on stage to do a show, is that a part of the conversation prior and after? Is it? Does it follow you through your shows and performances? Uh, oftentimes, um, people are interested in us just because of our name. Yeah. They are like, oh, that's really cool. Like, I want to know about that because it's pretty, it's pretty out there. So I used to say, I used to open up shows by saying like, throw away your gender. You don't need it or whatever. Um, but I, I'm not sure about throwing it away. I'm, I like to sort through trash. I like to dissect my trash. I like to rip my trash up, make it into art. Do that with your gender, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I think that what people don't realize is that being a gender non-conforming individual in the society, even in a supportive community like Sonoma County, it can still be like very, very painful. And I'm just curious if, if you wouldn't mind speaking to that a bit. I mean, certainly, you know, being in the bubble, um, comes with a lot of privileges to being outside of the bubble as far as access to care and um, certain amount of security and safety. But at the same time, I think there's a certain complacency amongst those who, um, you know, aren't directly affected. So, you know, oh, we're a great ally and everything's good. And aren't you lucky to be in Sonoma County? And, you know, they forget that, you know, um, Sonoma County is very diverse and it's diverse in its population and its viewpoints and its tolerance. 
And, you know, just as with racial issues, um, you know, it's not all perfect. And, um, you know, I'm at a point now where, um, you know, I don't run into a lot of problems. Um, I hate using the term, but I'm fairly passable. Um, but in certainly in the first year uh, after I came out and before I was really connected with the community and while I was in transition, um, I was much more easily identifiable as, as a trans person. And, you know, a number of the things that someone here and I think, oh, well, that, that doesn't happen as much here. That happens in North Carolina or where, you know, we see the news about, you know, um, the kind of the blatant um, prejudice against trans people. But it does happen here. You know, I have been accosted uh, verbally um, and physically within Sonoma County. I've had difficulty getting jobs or maintaining jobs. Um getting care from uh, even social workers. And, uh, and that isn't to suggest there aren't a ton of people who are amazing and supportive and stuff, because there are. But, um, you know, I just think you run the risk of getting too comfortable. And, you know, when you are that particular subset of the population, whether it's racially or um, your gender identity or your expression, uh, sexuality, whatever, you know... Um, I think you're much more aware that um, as good as it is, there's a long ways to go. And we're still very, very much affected by prejudices. Um, sometimes it's just, uh, you know, in some ways it's almost a little more dangerous because, you know, you're, you're going along and things do seem fine and then and you're not expecting it. And then suddenly you run into uh, a person or persons who take issue with how you are and um you know unfortunately then you know you're forced to deal with it um i've i've just been this has been sitting at the back of my mind um or the front of my mind really uh i just wanted to bring up the fact that like um a lot of this gender centered oppression comes from the Western culture and, um, you know, the land that was the United States of America, um, was filled with a lot of people who, um, identified outside of the gender binary. And there are lots of cultures who recognized, uh, genders other than male or female before the whole colonization of uh, the world. <laughs> and um, these gender issues are like very much tied up in race issues as well. And so I just kind of wanted to bring that up because it feels like my job to bring that up. No, thank you for bringing that up. And um, that does bring me back to the point, Tom, that you were making earlier, um, just in commenting about how earlier... Um, you know, uh, human experience and civilization thousands of years ago and, and sort of that ingrained, um, gender roles. Um, I think there's plenty of evidence, um, throughout history showing that there was more acceptance, even though the gender roles were there. If you didn't identify within that, there was much more acceptance 
of moving into the other role. You mentioned, Ariel, that, you know, for, for decades, this was something you sat with. Isn't it wild the last 10 years? I mean, how much progress there's been in terms of tolerance in our local community. I mean, there's still a long ways to go. But I, I look at, you know, the conversations that are having now, to your point earlier, I mean, this is a conversation that we did not have the language for 10 years ago, and I'm not even sure that anybody would have even known what we were talking about. Now it's very front and center, at least in conversations. Oh, I'd absolutely agree with you. Um, I, I had a friend ask a little while ago about like, well, you know, was it, you know, it seems like there's so much further to go. You know, was it that much worse back when? And I was like, yes, trust me. You know, as far as we have to go, there has been a ton of progress. And I would say even just within um, maybe the last three to four years, um, you know, in terms of, you know, even recognizing the community, even having discussions about pronouns, um, you know, the willingness of school systems, um, you know, California state laws, which help support um, children coming out in schools um, in terms of recognizing their identity and recognizing the bathroom um, that they're comfortable using and, you know, supporting them at, uh, at the state level, you know, that weren't there, you know, uh, three, four or five years ago. Um, you know, I mean, there's a reason I didn't come out until pretty recently um, relative to my age and, um, you know, so while I wish I had in a lot of ways, um, certainly coming out later, you know, uh, offered me more tools, support and ability to find community. Um, I mean, the Internet has been wonderful in that regard um, in terms of connecting and the Internet um, is great for that, for building community. Yeah. I mean, for all its fault. I mean, the reason that I was even in the space where I met Wilder is because of finding, you know, desperately seeking people within the local queer population. Um, because um, the minute I came out, I alienated probably about 80% of my friends and family. Um, and, you know, I just kind of dove in and started finding people and then finding within those communities, you know, who are the art minded people who are the people making music and when the scene, you know, what queer people hang out at the Phoenix, you know, <laughs> it's, you know, in other ways to relate to them. And then from there, getting the support and getting pointed in the right directions. You had mentioned representation, Wilder, in the lead up to this, and that's that's sort of something that you look to as a very important thing. Do you want to speak to that a little bit? Um, yeah, I mean, it's like, it's the whole reason that I'm still here doing music, not being alive, but there's a lot of other reasons for that. Um, uh, I just like, it's really about like, the looks on young queer people's faces when they hear about our band and like how excited they are just to just that we exist and that we're doing our thing. Um, and so like, that's like really important to me that um, we can be here doing that in the public eye for people. Um, and just like, yeah, just 
being brave and being yourself in front of people gives other people permission, no matter who they are, to to be brave and be themselves. Unless they're Nazis. Fucking Nazis. (laughs) Don't be yourself if you're a Nazi. Fucking change. (laughs) I I just want to second that. I think one of my favorite parts, well, there's so many parts about this band that I adore. Um, But when we do play a show and you see people who you might not have seen in a lot of the other spaces come out, um, you know, maybe not because we're necessarily that wonderful or whatever else or that entertaining, but just because they see representation because, you know, they see people who they can identify with and it makes them comfortable and it gives them a space. Um, well, they can see people being successful. Oh, absolutely. Well, you know, Ariel, when, when you're watching you drum, you're fucking an incredible drummer. That's and, true. And I've got to watch that growth over the years. And as I was watching you record tonight, my God. Oh, thanks. Yeah, it's I think and, I've gotten but, a little better. But this is what this you is make what me better. So. <laughs> you're a great drummer. Well, it helps to be comfortable with myself. I think there's a big difference between how I play now and how I used to play. Um, there's a lot less ego, and I also have the support of these two beautiful people. And um, I don't know. It's it's been amazing. I feel really blessed to have you guys as bandmates. There's a, an intangible feeling um, to seeing somebody who, perhaps you know, if if you're queer or if you're gay, if you're trans, seeing somebody get up on the stage and perform and being like that person is like me. There's just like. I don't know how to describe it, but it's like a warmth. It's like a it's like a feeling of contentment in your stomach, and I think that is you know kind of what you're saying about why representation is important because those people that you watch watching you feel that, yeah, and they feel less that. they feel less um, whatever they're feeling negatively. I mean, I I, I can speak to that. Um, would you agree with that? Yeah, I would. I would say um, like none of us are alone, and so it's important to feel that and to know that that we're not alone. Yeah. <laughs> Even if it feels that way. Even you know? if it feels that and way. And I'm sure that there were times in, in, well, in all of our lives, definitely, but having these experiences where you do feel alone. I mean, it's, it's not even like logical because you're not alone. Nobody is really alone, but it can definitely feel like you're alone. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, <laughs> I haven't told many people this before, but I almost went back in the closet after Trump got elected. Um, and it's moments like that where, uh, you kind of got to make a decision and you're like, well, do I, do I want to do that? <laughs> Which is a totally valid. Um, or do I want to keep trying to live authentically and have my band called gender trash and be louder and even more in your face? Which is also a valid option. Um, and that's the option that I chose. <laughs> so... You know, this stuff is all deeply personal, and that that's one thing that I've learned as someone who tries to be an ally and tries to learn and tries to understand things that are not, you know, my that I'm not directly experiencing is I, I've learned in the last few years that this is deeply personal stuff, and to even discuss it is really like revealing a part of yourself that many people would not feel comfortable doing. And, and I, r- r- all I can say is like, I think that this is what helps everybody understand everybody else better. So, I mean, I, I just can't say thank you enough for coming. Yeah. 
Um, not that we're not that I'm wrapping up. Not that I'm wrapping up. Well, I just still <laughs> thank you for having us. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I mean, really, like like three or four years ago, I would have entered this interview, and I I would have had, and this is just me being honest about my ignorance. I would have had no respect for how deeply personal this stuff is. I honestly, three or four years ago, I would have been yelling and in your face, but we would we still would have been friends afterward, which is weird. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I, and I think that's just a function of um, more education, you know? I mean, it, I, I, I'm not saying as many dumb things as I potentially would have three or four years ago, and me you're not either. yelling at me quite as much. <laughs> you know what I love that you said er- earlier, uh, Ariel, was that you feel like you're almost a better drummer now. Oh, because, absolutely, yeah. Because there's less ego, and that is because of like the profound amount of work you did to, to shed that ego i would assume um i mean there's a lot of layers to that discussion but that um, is probably way too simple the way that i just put it no just so you know, i but. i i like simple simple answers i'm just bad at giving them yeah. well be as extensive as you want because i thought that was a beautiful beautiful point um well i mean for me and this isn't everyone's experience within the trans community but you know for me i always felt like i was playing a character um, so the person I am and the way that I express myself and the way that I act is is very much how I've always been, but I've always had to sort of repress it. And, um, you know, I got very good at playing this this kind of masculine character that everyone expected of me. And I would, you know, kind of refine it over the years. Well, even the way that I played drums was defined by how this character, how this person was supposed to play drums. And... Um, you know, so it had to be much more exact and technical and there was much more like I, I needed a lot more, you know, positive feedback about like, you know, did the character play well? Did I live up to the expectation of this person? Because, you know, even though maybe it was everyone else completely perceived that person I felt like it was a fragile costume that could break any time and, and people would be aware that I was this thing I was not supposed to be. So, you know, I mean, as soon as I like shed that costume and, you know, um, even though in so many ways my life fell apart, um, I was like, well, if I'm going to take it off, I'm going to take it off. And so like for some people it's like night and day, they're just like, you know, dressing different, talking different, walking different, whatever, and even playing drums differently. And I just relaxed. I became much more, you know, musically much more present. And, you know, I was very fortunate to find people who really supported that. For me, music is best when it comes from inside of you in a place of emotion. And it's hard to tap into that kind of comfortable emotion when, you know, you have all those other things going on. Absolutely. And I think that was said really beautifully. Thank yeah. you. Is there anything that we haven't talked about tonight that we feel should be in the gender trash episode of this show? I feel like I should talk about, because um, I feel like it relates to a lot of the things we talked about, um, how I discovered like non-binary identities and kind of came around to that like language um, which was on Tumblr, as I mentioned before, but it was like um, my friend 
told me about our other mutual friend who was a gender and I was like oh okay like what's that and they like told me they were like oh well like they're like not like a boy and they're not like a girl and like they just like don't really experience a gender and I just kind of like accepted that because I after coming out and reflecting on it like really uh like for me it was like I was what I was but then I found words for it and I was like oh that's what I am oh okay cool because I've always been that but I've been this other thing that is kind of like what people expect of me and what I thought was like you know you know that's that's what I was and that's fine but this is also what I am and that's super cool um and I came out as gender fluid over a word document (laughs) through Facebook uh, to like people who I cared about it was like 80 people or something I was like you're my close people and you should know this and otherwise it's whatever it's not that important like I just thought you guys should know this about me and I was like I was like I'm gender fluid I'm I'm this whatever this other thing like Demi and uh, you can use he pronouns or she pronouns or they pronouns, and that's cool. Just use whatever pronouns. And uh, a lot of my friends were like, oh, what a relief. We can just call you she and her and call you a girl forever, and we don't have to worry about it. And I was like, no, wait, that's not what I meant. No, I, sa- I, no, I said, please, please use all the pronouns. Uh, okay, so... So then I was like, no, just use they, only they. And that's why I brought up yelling before is because I was very adamant about this. I was like, no, if I'm going to do it, I got to let people know. I got to educate people. It's my job to let people know because if they don't know, then they got me all wrong and that's not cool. And like also their whole I like line of thinking is just like wrong and we need to educate the world about biology and how it's so much more than just male and female and I was like I was like that for like three or four years (laughs) and Um, and I really appreciate you sharing that because we we all go through different phases in our lives and whatever it is that you know we have going on and and that is something that sometimes you know is the way that it manifests itself yeah and you 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 did that and then you I don't I don't know what happened next but you obviously you you've <laughs> kind of shifted away from that yeah well I've, I've definitely gone back to like oh well you can use like whatever pronouns and uh gender is fluid we all kind of experience it in in totally individual ways which is I feel like important to recognize as well and so like where yeah like I felt that way before like I also feel this way and like it's just I don't know it all happens all at once and not at all and it's really weird um (laughs) but yeah I mean like nowadays I partially because of what I said before about kind of going back into the closet and like there's some fear there where I kind of let people assume what they want about me until it's actually important to me that they know this thing about me whereas before I would very much be like it's they here is a learning opportunity 
for you by me. You're welcome. Um, I, I, I try not to do that anymore because I, it kind of turns people off. And I mean, a lot of people have been appreciative of it and I definitely don't like regret uh, being like that, but, um, it's a lot of, a emotional work to be asserting your gender all of the time so now I'm just like it's me I, I, <laughs> I truly truly appreciate you sharing that because that that is that's a journey that you went on yeah. and I think we you know Tom and I have had people on the show who have said please they them and later on it, it, it's no longer they them and it can be kind of confusing I think to to maybe people who get to know you one way to say, well, how, how did this change? And, and the answer is that, no, well, nothing really changed. It's just that, you know, this is where I'm at now. Yeah, this is what it is now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it's just, it's it's interesting because I've, I've seen that that path that you just described in a number of my friends. Mm-hmm. And, and not to speak at all about your intention or, or why it went that way, um, I just feel like, Perhaps there, when when you when one makes a discovery about themselves, there is an urgency for the world to know, and there's a lot of uh, emotion that goes on inside oneself, and sometimes it feels like the most important thing in the world for everyone to know, and then other times it's like, just stay out of my business, and it's this roller coaster that we go on. Um, so that that resonates a bit with me. Ariel, how long have you known Tom Gaffey? Um. Well, one of my favorite stories of my childhood is my very first job Tom gave me, and it was cleaning the nacho cheese bucket or whatever yes. that thing was. Oh, and by cleaning, I mean like my scraping it out. <laughs> and what year was that about? Um, it was a while ago. <laughs> that, that, had to be, that had to be 80s. Was that 80s? No, 90s. Okay. Jeez, not that old. <laughs> All, and all I want to say is, uh, Early 90s. despite all of the trash and despite all the garbage, and there's plenty of it in the world, it's pretty fucking cool to be having this conversation right here, right now in 2018. I mean, things have changed a lot, but to be able for you two to know each other that long and to be able to be doing this right now and having this type of conversation is pretty special. Huge to me. Yeah. Oh well, my God. I just thought of all the trash that has happened since then. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot of trash. I, I have to say, I haven't had a lot of stability in my life. and um, But the Phoenix Theater and Tom Gaffey have been probably one of the most um, stable things through um, a lot of ups and downs. So anyway, thanks. It's been a hell of a cool ride. <laughs> You better be here forever, Tom. <laughs> Sticking around. <laughs> That's the plan. That's the plan. Good. <laughs> well, Gender Trash, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Um, this has been a, a very incredible conversation, and I know that there's been moments that have been deeply, deeply personal, and it was very generous of you to share those with us. So thank you so yeah, much for you that. So much. The platform is generous. Thank you for having thank us. You. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thank so you. Thank you. And now, my God, the music of Gender Trash is up next. We've talked a lot, and now the reason we're here, the music that you play. So everybody should stick around. Thanks again for joining us, everyone. (laughs) Thanks, you guys. Thanks, guys. (laughs) 